Hi everyone, Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, here for another DevOps Leadership Chat, and I'm joined today by Sam Guckenheimer of Microsoft. Sam, welcome. Hey, Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's, it's good to speak to you again. I, the last time we spoke was at the DevOps Enterprise Summit out in San Francisco. Yep, that was a, that was a lot of fun. That was a great conference. Yes, and, and you know what? I think, well, you contributed to making it great, Sam. It was a great presentation you made talking about or kind of documenting the journey of Visual Studio from a COTS, you know, traditional kind of software model to a SaaS-based program. Visual Studio Online, and um, you know, I think that's something that a lot of our listeners may be interested in. And in, in how do they turn their current software offerings into SaaS-based? And and along the way, of course, you've come up with a, I guess you call it the seven successful habits of DevOps. Yeah. So we think about um, the seven habits that we've applied as we've done our transformation. We started around uh, 2010. We were uh, in the, if you will, the, the, the pinnacle or the leader's quadrants on, on all the uh, uh, analyst assessments as a provider of software for on-prem use in uh, what was then called ALM, Application Lifecycle Management. And we, we said, hey, we need to become a, a great SaaS provider as well. So we we think of uh, things uh, in terms of these uh, these seven habits that we need to provide. Uh, three of them you can think of as sort of agile on steroids or second decade agile. Uh, that's team autonomy and enterprise alignment is number one. We work in, in scrum teams or feature crews think about uh, eight to ten engineers and a product owner. Uh, they autonomously pull items from a common product backlog. And at the same time, they align to enterprise goals on a six-month planning cycle. We call this a semester or a season, uh, where we know in that time frame what are the needles we're trying to move for the business? What are the things we're trying to do at the epic level that count? And sprintly, we measure how are we doing against that? And the things that, the, that each feature crew is doing are uh, counting against that. They, they may move forward, they may move backward, they may decide based on the data they're collecting uh, to do more or do something else, uh, but you know that's that's in their control based on the things we've agreed for the six months. The second habit we have is a rigorous management of technical debt. We've known about technical debt for a long time, but when you're running a service, you really can't afford to let any debt creep in. And you have to stay clean all the time. <clears throat> so we make sure that we're constantly monitoring both what's happening in the product and service and what's happening in the development process. So if, for example, there's anything on the live site going wrong, we attend to it immediately. 
if there's anything happening in the development process, like uh, a, a feature crew is letting its bug count start to ride up, they have to stop immediately, fix the bugs, uh, and can't do any new work until they get them down to zero. So we stay clean on tech debt as we're going. The third habit is a focus on the flow of customer value. We've talked about this since early days of Agile. Now with SaaS, we can measure it. So we have great telemetry in the service, and we look at how people use our software, both quantitatively as we're going forward, that is, we uh, uh, actually observe what, what gets used, what doesn't get used, uh, what the scenarios are, and we reach out to customers qualitatively, where we engage with the, the high uh, usage accounts, and we say, you know, uh, let's talk to them. And then we encourage our engineers to buddy up and, and reach out and say, you know, what, what's going well? What's going not so well? What would you like us to do that you don't see? Uh, um, are there things you wish for that that uh, we could be doing for you and uh, and so on. So we, we reach out to customers, uh, we listen to them through things like user voice, and we observe their behavior through telemetry uh, on a continual basis. That's, that's all kind of agile on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the first three. The, then right. you you get to the stuff that's really new with DevOps. The first is, uh, of those, uh, number four, is what I'd call hypothesis-driven development or a backlog that gets groomed with learning. This is what Eric Ries in in Lean Startup calls uh, uh, build, measure, learn. So in other words, the uh, idea idea is that the backlog, instead of being uh, the just, you know, what an omniscient product owner thinks is right, it, we, we recognize that it's a set of hypotheses or beliefs. We think that these things will improve our service, but we're going to treat them as hypotheses and we're going to turn those hypotheses into experiments, and we're going to collect data against those experiments so that we can substantiate or diminish the hypothesis. And that data will be evidence gathered in production. That's the fifth practice. Everything is evidence that we need in order to build up or draw down against those hypotheses. We uh, look, we use instrumentation on everything, we use telemetry on everything, and we measure it against what's important. So, for example, if we think something's going to be a, a better sign-up experience, we will run the new against the old in parallel, and we may 
if we have multiple front doors, like uh, in our case, we have a web experience and an experience through the IDE, the integrated development environment, we'll run those in parallel. So that would be a four cell uh, test, you know, new and old web and IDE. And we'll see what the evidence shows us about how much better the new is than the old, and hopefully the new is better. It might not be. Uh, hopefully we're right, but sometimes we're wrong. In any event, it's the data that will tell us, and it's a bring-your-data world. So evidence gathered in production is, is our fifth uh, habit, and that is made possible by our sixth which is uh, what we call a, um, a production-first mindset, or what, what Satya, our CEO, calls a live-site culture. The idea of a live-site culture is that the site status is always first priority, and with site status, you have two goals. If there's a live-site incident, you want to, as quickly as possible, remediate so that customers aren't, as, aren't affected. And you want to drive to a root cause analysis. Practice the five whys, like Toyota. Get to the root cause and identify the actions that you need to take in order to prevent a recurrence of such an incident or something similar. And those root cause actions that you take, you need to complete in one or two sprints so that you're hardening the service as you go learning from the live site incidents so that you're always getting better. And that that's number six. And finally, number seven, is that we manage infrastructure as a flexible resource. We can do this because we use the public cloud. Of course, in our case, that's Azure. We work as a, as a customer of Azure, just like our external customers would. We take things a little earlier, but uh, otherwise we're uh, a customer when we need more resources for development or for load testing um, or to spin up more labs. We just do it and we continue to expand the number of data centers we run and we now run our uh, Visual Studio team services in, in eight data centers around the world. Uh, that's out of um, 24 regions that are uh, currently active in Azure. And we uh, uh, fully automate the deployment, but we start each sprintly deployment with a canary instance which is where we work it's our own uh, one of those stamps and the one where our our closest early adopter customers are so that we know from the canary if there's anything wrong with the deployment and if there is we then restart at the canary 
before we roll out to the subsequent deployment rings. And that uh, practice of canarying, uh, going big with load testing as part of the uh, deployment pipeline, and then using the automation to roll out in subsequent rings is something that uh, uh, we've used to harden the service and, and uh, let us get to uh, uh, global scale on a regular basis. Got it. So, Sam, that you know, this is this. These are obviously lessons learned the hard way, right? By 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 yep. doing and and paying the idiot tax and doing that. For our leaders who are listening to you now, where to begin? Where to start? You obviously can't do all seven at once. They some of them are dependent on others. Where where do they begin? Well, I think that the. Uh, the first thing is to uh, make sure you have agility down. Um, I think you cannot do this if you are a uh, command and control organization that doesn't really let uh, uh, teams learn. And to recognize that you uh, do need to measure uh your time to learning along with your uh, uh, your other measurements. You also need to uh, totally automate your release pipeline. So the notion that uh, you can have manual steps somehow between a developer pushing code or checking in and the uh, release of that is a thing of the past. You know, start with continuous integration and then quickly go to continuous deployment and uh, put the telemetry in place so that you can see the evidence from production that gives you the feedback on everything that's getting deployed. If you don't have those things in place, the rest will crumble. Yeah, agreed. Sam, we unfortunately are coming up near the end of our time. I want to ask one more question of you, though, and it's, it's, it's in along the same vein. So you've laid out the steps here for us. How did you get your team's buy-in on this? Or did you? <laughs> well, we certainly did. I don't think it was very hard. Um, I think that uh, we all uh, wanted to move to this world. Um, I think that uh, there was a broad recognition that we needed to become a first-class SaaS provider. Uh, I think that there's there were some additional quirks in our case of uh, being a great SaaS provider while we continue to be a great provider of on-prem software and and maintaining that engineering discipline um, that the 
you know, the teams were all for it. I think the leadership needed to uh, recognize that we were investing in new practices and that we needed to uh, maintain the investment in engineering uh, systems and engineering practices. So we we have a rule of thumb that about 20% of our investment goes toward uh, non-customer visible engineering, things like live site work. Um, uh, and we don't... Uh, quarrel about that. If we need to do live site improvements, we do them. Um, so I would say there was a little bit more um, work on management to accept the change in practices than there was on, on the ground with the engineering teams who were sort of chomping at the bit to get going. Well, there often is in DevOps, right? You have that from the bottom up and, and getting true top-down sponsorship and cover is 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 a problem, right? It's it, not, not, not a problem that cannot be overcome, but an issue that we've explored previously in, yeah. in our leadership suite here. Yeah, it helps that our, our right now our CEO comes from this world. Uh, mm -hmm. Satya Nadella. So he's he is uh, pushing everyone in the company to uh, make the change and to learn the new practices. Um, it there were some folks in the middle who were uh, not comfortable necessarily, but you know they've come around. Uh, as they often do. <laughs> Sam, anyway, we are, we're, we're probably over our time, and I apologize. But um, thank you very much for sharing your six, uh, seven habits for successful DevOps, continued success with your Microsoft Visual Online and, and the rest of your endeavors at Microsoft. And we hope to have you on again uh, sometime in the future, and we can talk more about, you know, leading the transformation um, at companies around the globe with with these new ways of of doing things. Thanks, Alan. I'll I'll do one commercial, which is that uh, there's a URL, aka.ms/devops, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you can uh, download a, a paper, an ebook about our journey and a DevOps self-assessment. Uh, if you want to read more, you know what I will. We'll, we'll include that link in the article, too, in the transcript, so people can get that. Sam Guckenheimer, Microsoft, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you very much, Alan. Okay, this is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. Thanks, and have a great day.